I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Mito. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What is going on, business artists? You are listening to The Artist Business Plan, which means that you are certifiably awesome. If you don't know me by now, my name is James Milley. I am the managing partner and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair, the most widespread art fair for artists in the US, and one of the top resources for all things art, artists, and marketing of your art. I am also one of our two hosts here on The Artist Business Plan, which now reaches over 5,000 monthly listeners in 100 countries around the globe and growing every single week. Today, we've got Yu Zhang's son here with us on the mic. Yu Zhang is going to share an awesome masterclass with you today on how to live a better life and grow business using art. I don't know about you, but I am so excited to hear what she has to say. But first, I've got an amazing offer here just for you AVP listeners. Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and not sure about the next move for your career? Good news, those days are over. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine art fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we are offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. All right, so we are back here with Yu Zhang's son, and we are ready to change the way that you think about your art career. Yu Zhang's son is a board-certified art therapist, artist, speaker, and consultant based in the D.C. area. She received a B.A. in psychology and B.A. in studio art from the University of Texas at Austin, as well as a master's in art therapy from the School of Visual Arts. She's an advocate of using art as a medium for nurturing the soul, healing the inner self, and for deep self-care. She has also been actively making art and has exhibited work in NYC. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Yuzhang. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you today. Absolutely. I'm excited to talk with you as well. Now, before we dive into it, Yuzhang, I want to ask you something to help our listeners get to know the real you. What is the earliest memory that you have of art? Ah, that's such a good question. I don't know. I think two things come to my mind. One is opening up my 64 Crayola set box that I received as a gift from my parents. Those were my favorite things when I was little. And then also another memory I had was um, watching this TV show. I don't know what it was, but then I had this like inspiration. I probably was like five years old or something. And I made this like weird image of a woman <laughs> in a scene uh, inspired by this TV show. And I was really proud of that artwork. Yeah, so those two are my earliest memories about art. I love it. And I, I have very fond memories of that 64 box Crayola set as well. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I love that uh, even at five years old, you were very proud of a drawing that you made. I mean, that's such a good mindset to be starting. And then you should still be proud of that drawing even now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so cool. Well, thank you so much, Yu Chung. 
with that, I'd like to uh, dive into the rest of the questions that we have for you. Who can benefit from art therapy? And why have you dedicated your life to the spreading of art therapy? So many people can benefit from art therapy, actually. Anyone from a three-year-old or pre-kindergartner to a senior in their 90s, uh, men and women, and anyone who have experience in art or no, no experience in art or have no skills in art whatsoever, they all can use art to improve their life, use art as a way to express themselves and understand themselves. And that's the kind of essence of what art therapy is about. It's like doing all that with the art therapist as a guide and facilitator. The reason why I've dedicated my life to spreading of art therapy is that as we're talking about the uh, 64 Crayola set, I loved art since I was really little. And as I learned about art therapy specifically, I really realized that art can be used for therapeutic purposes. I feel that a lot of people don't know about that <laughs> or they're kind of lost as to how can I do that or how can you use art in a therapeutic way. And so I you know, decided to really dedicate myself to just spreading awareness about what art therapy is because it's a little bit different from just art classes or doing art in general. So I'm really here to really just spread the information, spread the knowledge about what art therapy is, how people can use it, and what it's really for. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, art therapy was a term that I hadn't even heard of until a few years ago. It really is a unique way to be looking at art. I mean, we're surrounded by art so much. And so many of us, especially people listening to this podcast, have experience with art from even an early age. You know, it's always been about, you know, enjoying yourself and expressing yourself. But it really does have this therapeutic quality to it that not everyone thinks about. And uh, I think it's really cool that you're, you're dedicating your life to kind of you know, not only making people more aware of the concept of art therapy, but also helping them use it to, you know, just improve their lives in, in so many ways. So that that's really cool. Mm -hmm. So true. So true. I think that we often kind of not realize how therapeutic art can be. So we never really go into that route of, or that approach of making art. So that's where I think art therapists come in and <laughs> share what we know. <laughs> totally, totally. So Yujung, you're an art therapist and you're a coach for art therapists as well. As a, as a business coach, you know, for those other art therapists, what are your top tips for building an online art business and earning a living as an art therapist? And, you know, if there's artists out there listening and, you know, they're not considering a career in art therapy, this will still help them with just their art business in general? Yeah, I think that my first and maybe top tip for building an online business is to not be afraid of sharing yourself online. And I think this is true for art therapists and artists. So this means like share your knowledge, share your expertise, share everything you know, share your tips, share your process, those things that can help someone out there. I really would recommend people to not safeguard those things, <laughs> to not keep those things hidden and please share it online. And when you share it, I think it's also important to understand what your audience or maybe ideal clients want to get from you. What do they want to learn and absorb or feel from you? And so you 
combine that with what you can offer them, that's how I think a business can be born and that's how a business can grow. I can give you the example of me with YouTube. I really didn't safeguard my knowledge <laughs> and expertise. So I started sharing about art therapy sharing about exercises people can do at home too on YouTube. And that's how I was able to build a community. And from there, I could offer services and products. And that's the history right there, <laughs> how I was able to grow uh, a business from just scratch, from just making YouTube videos. Please share what you know, please share your process. That is like the most important thing. I, I would say in this kind of era where a lot of things are online. Yeah, there, so there's kind of two points that I'm I'm keying in on as I'm listening to you. And you know, one side of it is, you know, not being afraid to share your real self, right? And that's like being authentic, honest, you know, really showing the the real you. It's obvious, but also so many people out there, especially artists think that they need to sort of restrict what they share with people so as to not overshare or be too personal or talk too much about their process or what makes them excited. But ultimately, those things, your story, that's what's going to make someone excited about you and your business, whether your business is selling art, being an art therapist, whatever it may be. And the other side of it is sort of from more of a business perspective, right, of not being afraid to share value with people. There's this whole concept of having a paywall where you're not providing anyone any valuable information until they give you money. However, what results show is like having information that you share with someone before they give you money, that's going to make them trust you more. They're going to experience success with you before they've given you any money. That way, once they do decide to do so, they already know that they can trust what you're offering and they're going to get even more value out of it once they pay you. So from a business perspective as well, not being afraid to to share some expertise, some information ahead of time, that'll ultimately get you to where you want to be with you know your goals sooner. Yeah, so true. If I could add just a little bit on there, especially online, you know, it's hard to trust someone online because they're just pixels on a screen, right? <laughs> you don't see that person's face. You're not talking to them in person, right? You can't read the energy 100%. So I think it's just a trust thing too sometimes, right? Like we need to know that person more, right? What are their stories? What are their personalities? And what knowledge do they have? What expertise do they have, right? Before we can actually get to trust that person a little bit. And then from there, when we trust that person, we can actually buy things from them yeah, <laughs> or, you know, right. Get more stuff behind the paywall. Yeah, right? exactly. yeah. I think there's something kind of specific about being online. That's, uh, that makes sharing a really good marketing move. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, not only is someone going to trust you more, but also you're going to be top of mind because before they're ready to commit any type of investment with anyone, you're already their go-to source of information for that topic. So that also does kind of seg really nicely into my next question for you. And again, that this is a question that I think both art therapists and just artists in general could really benefit from. I talk to a lot of artists on the phone, and one of the main challenges I hear is artists just being able to find new buyers, find people who will like their work. So 
my question for you is what methods do you employ to gain clients for both your coaching and also your own art therapy business? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for coaching, I mainly use content marketing through Instagram and then email marketing. So I, <laughs> I'm i going to be a little bit technical here, but I built my warm audience and I have a very tight-knit following on my Instagram. And that's because I share a lot of you know content there. I share posts and I do stories on IG to help therapist and share my kind of experiences and my tips and also to promote my coaching so that is a you know main place where I can market to people and one thing that has really helped me gain my kind of signature service which is a membership was actually launching a live workshop slash training to art therapists and offering a special for those who signed up for my membership during that launch. So I find that launching and offering specials during that launch time um, really made my signature service successful, especially in the beginning. So I think that that might be a really helpful tip for anybody out there who wants to launch a kind of a service or product. I also mentioned about the email marketing for getting clients for my coaching. For people who get to know me through Instagram, they're more interested in learning more about you know, business building, things like that, they can get on my email. And I have been marketing through email. So like sending emails, usually I have like a lead magnet, like something that makes people want to get on my email, right? They get something free in return uh, for signing up for my email. And that is like a quiz. So I find that utilizing a quiz is very effective in terms of getting people in my emails and marketing to people on my list. So those are my main ways for my coaching and for my art therapy business. I mainly use YouTube. So it's another content marketing, but a different platform. I create and share videos of therapeutic art exercises, which helps me build trust with my followers and positions me as an authority who can help people actually, right? Help people through using art. Those are my main ways of getting clients. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a couple terms that you use that I'd like to kind of jump back to real quick. First of all, you mentioned creating a warm audience on Instagram. And if you don't know out there what a warm audience means, you know, if you think about it from the opposite perspective, probably a lot of you have heard about what cold calling is. And basically, you're calling someone out of the the blue and you're like, hey, would you like to pay for my service or my product or whatever it is? You get a lot more no's when you do cold calling. Uh, You can get yeses, but it ends up becoming very exhausting. So the idea that Yujung here is, is explaining is that, you know, you use Instagram as a way to warm up your audience. You're not necessarily expecting to sell to them directly through Instagram, but basically you use Instagram, you warm them up, you get them interested in you, you get them to know, like, and trust you. And then, you know, once they're on your your email newsletter list, then they're really committed to you. And then that's probably where you're going to, you know, get them to be buying something from you. The other term I want to, to reiterate, just because I like it so much, is lead magnet. And basically, again, taking a step back, And not thinking that the first step is someone buying something from you. Because if you're so stressed about somebody 
actually making that purchase immediately, you're going to have a lot of people who could have ended up buying from you just being turned off right away. So having something like a lead magnet, it's sort of getting them to the next stage of this sales funnel where you're trying to funnel people down to where they buy something from you. Anyway, use Instagram to to warm up your audience and then get them to your newsletter attract them with a lead magnet of something that's going to, you know, have them give you their email or, you know, express interest in something or like get a a conversation going, something like that. And then I also really like what you said about using YouTube for your art therapy practice. And I would say that that's also sort of a way to, to warm people up and get them to really like trust you and look at you as an expert in what you do, even before they give you money. And then, you know, if you're kind of doing that really consistently for several weeks or months, and then over time, you know, the people who are are paying attention to you, whenever they're ready for it, they'll end up like buying your services or your product. So anyway, that's I I, I think that's a really great approach to how you you gain your clients, Yujung. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, but I love how you broke it down again too, because I think that emphasizes the fact that it's it's a journey. You're not going to get a client right away, day one, when you show up online. It's like you get to know people, you build an audience and community, you warm them up, and then you get to know each other more, and then something happens down the line. But it's not like a one day thing, you know? We're going to come right back and Yujung is going to tell you more about what you want to know about self-care practices through art and so much more. But first, we've got another message from our sponsors. New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and yes, Miami. These are just a few of the places where you and your art can meet your next collector when you take the next step and exhibit with us at Superfine Art Fairs. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine Fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we're offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. Don't miss the chance to be a part of the top business artist community in the world. So, Yuzhang, what tips do you have for handling ups and downs of an art career? This is such a wonderful question, I think, because I think everybody, probably 99.999% of us would have ups and downs, right? And I felt that too, as an art therapist as well. But what helps me, and I think for many people, is to have a reason for the process of it. So what I mean by that is like having a big vision. It's not really about the results, You can forget about the numbers, forget about the money, (laughs) but kind of get to the real reason why you're doing this stuff, why you are actually showing up today and taking action like this moment and you're getting into the mud. Because I think when you know the reason for the process, why you're showing up right now today, not like 10 years from now, but today, I think you can pull through no matter what. Even when things don't seem to work out temporarily, you can show up again because you have this reason for this process. 
Um, so I think I want to kind of emphasize the process versus result. I think when we really get obsessed with results, it's so easy to disappoint, like to be disappointed in the process because it's up and down, right? <laughs> so I think that when we can remind ourselves, why are we doing this in this in this process? Why am I here? Why am I making YouTube videos? Is it fun for me? Is there a reason for myself as well, not just for making money? If we can kind of answer that question, I think we will be able to really handle the ups and downs of our art careers or art therapist careers more easily. Like you said, there's so few people, if anyone, who is out there and they've only been on the up and up and there's not been a single even pause in the success of their career. I mean, you know, when you're so focused on results like that, any day that goes by where it's like not as consistent and successful as you're you normally are or you're expecting it to be, you know, you're going to start having doubts and you're going to start like second guessing yourself. But if you're focused on, okay, I'm doing this for a reason. I I love making art. I know that there's people out there who appreciate it. And I know that if I just keep at it, I'll I'll ultimately get what I want. I mean, there's a, what's the saying? You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. It's cliche, but you just have to know that what you're doing is, is going to pay off ultimately, whether that's, you know, a week from then or 10 years from then, whatever it is, the goal that you're paying attention to. So uh, I think that's a great perspective. So my next question for you, Yujung, is what tips do you have for daily art practices to better deal with feelings and emotions and just live a better, happier life? I think that we all know that art making is inherently helpful and therapeutic, even if it's like a subconscious knowing. But then for a lot of us who are business owners or just, you know, creative professionals or even art therapists, I think that the creative process becomes difficult when it's for work or when it's quote unquote for business, right? I think because we put a lot of pressure on ourselves or we have these expectations about what the artwork should look like or should be. And we have like, oh, my audiences don't like this. And so we make it a certain way, right? Uh, so we have these like expectations and pressures. And in addition to that, we have perfectionism that we personally have, and maybe even imposter syndromes that we have. And so what I want to say here is like, I think when we kind of step away from that and just make art just for yourself, I think that in and of itself can be so, so, so important in helping us deal with emotions and in general have a happier life. So I would ask questions like, how can you make art to express your emotions right now? What would you go for intuitively? What is a material that you want to work with just for fun? What does your hand reach out for? <laughs> uh, so it's more like listening to your kind of inner child and that intuition and just make art from that place of connecting with that inner child or nurturing your inner self. And I think that's so, so important for many artists as well as non-artists. If anybody wants to work with an art therapist, you know, the art therapist would know what would fit you specifically and you guys can work with that. But as someone who just wants to have like a regular art practice, as I mentioned here, for your own self, just for your personal self, 
I think it's important to listen to what you're drawn to and experiment, let go of the pressure and just have fun and play with that medium, whether that's drawing, painting, collaging, junk art or fabric art or whatever it is. And I actually think that if you mainly deal with one modality or medium for your art business, then I think maybe reaching out for something completely different for your own personal art practice would be like a really good idea. So like if you are a professional like painter, then um, going for maybe crocheting or knitting that might be a really a good medium to kind of use for your own like mental health and um, just dealing with your own emotions through creative means when you were saying about the creative process can become hard once you're using it for business or for your work one of the best tips that my my vocal instructor gave me so when i go to sing he he observed that i have what he was calling like a singing voice or like I go into singing mode or whatever. Singing is not that much different than talking or it shouldn't be anyway. So if you know you talk one way and it's relaxed and you're not really thinking about like exactly everything that you're doing and then you go to sing and you're like you're kind of in this like all right, I sound different now because I'm singing. You're restricting yourself. You're making it harder than it needs to be and really all you kind of need to do is is talk on pitch. There's more to it than that, but just to simplify it, going back to what you were saying about creating and, and making art, you know, even if it is for business, you have other people's expectations and you're like, oh, I'm making art that someone's going to buy. So I have to make sure that like, you know, it's something that like is marketable and sellable and everything. Well, ultimately, one of the reasons, one of the main reasons, if not the main reason that someone buys original art from an artist versus buying something that's much, much cheaper at Ikea or wherever is because it is your story. So starting with what inspires you, what excites you, what you feel creative about, if you start from there and then you create it and like maybe you tweak it a little bit to, um, you know, tailor to your audience, but it always starts with your authentic self, what excites you, then you'll you'll find that success versus thinking too much about the business of it. Yeah. And I, I definitely agree uh, what you were also saying about trying out different media. If you're, you know, a, a painter and, you know, you try crocheting or sculpting or, you know, whatever it is, something that's very different from what you're used to, just to kind of get out of that. I, I hesitate to say rut, but like, you know, the the consistency that you have, like you've sort of, you've created, you know, a bit of a formula to what you do with your art, you know what to expect, just doing something that you don't expect what's going to happen uh, will, can kind of like get those creative juices flowing again and, you know, just make you happier and in, more inspired in general as well. Yeah. And I love that analogy that you shared about the singing. That's so, so true. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> well, Yuzhang, this has been an amazing conversation. Um, let's go ahead and bring it home for our listeners out there with one more question. What is a call to action that you want to share with our listeners so that they can take full advantage of Thirsty for Art? Yeah. So if anybody's here who's an artist who wants to make art purely for yourself, just as we kind of mentioned here, and use art to do some deeper self-care 
and maybe even relieve stress from your business or work, I would love to invite you to join my therapeutic art making group, which is an online group, and we meet weekly to you know, make therapeutic art together. It's facilitated by an art therapist facilitator. It's really amazing. Um, if I can share this tidbit, this group actually started when the pandemic happened and some of my members and participants were saying like, you know, without this group, it would have been really miserable. <laughs> I really look forward to this group, you know, every week. Um, so I know that making art for yourself, just for yourself in this kind of therapeutic way is so, so helpful for a lot of people. So I definitely invite anyone who's interested in that to this group. And also, if you are an artist and you want to facilitate or provide services slash maybe digital products, you can definitely check out my Visionary Art Therapist membership. Um, although it says Art Therapist in the membership name, <laughs> it's open for anybody who wants to kind of provide services and products that are art-related or um, maybe specifically therapeutic art-related or expressive arts-related. I really teach you like how to market yourself, how to use social media, how to show up, how to create content, how to get people to your signature program, things like that. So we teach you that and also do like group coaching and Q&A calls. So it's really fun. Uh, we have a really great community inside there. So those two are the places you can go for. If you're interested, I can leave my uh, website here, thirstyforart.com, if you want to check out more details about those two things. Absolutely. And um, can people find out about the membership as well at thirstyforart.com? Yes, yes. Anybody can check out the Therapeutic Art Group as well as the membership on that website. Perfect. Awesome. Well, to all of you business artists out there, Yu Zheng has been here with us today sharing her amazing perspective. Um, you'll definitely want to go back and take a look at our show notes. You can also listen to this and all of our past podcasts on our website at www.superfine.world. Uh, again, to connect with Yu Zheng, you can follow her at Thirsty for Art Official on Instagram. And you can also visit, as she mentioned, www.thirstyforart.com to check out her YouTube videos under Thirsty for Art, check out her membership, and also check out that art making group to make art just for yourself, which again, I think anyone can benefit from like 99.9999% of people, <laughs> if not 100. And as always, remember that we are at Superfine Art Fair on Instagram. Uh, we always appreciate a share whenever you're listening to and enjoying the artist business plan. And once again, we'd really appreciate it if you could take just a moment of your time to write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those ratings and reviews are so critical in helping other artist entrepreneurs just like yourselves find us. And as always, I'd like to wrap up the class by sharing a quick quote with you all. Uh, the quote is by Joshua Holtz, and it is, Wellness is a connection of paths, knowledge, and action. Yuzhang, it has been such a pleasure having you here with us today. Thank you for sharing your perspective with our listeners. And for that, we are so grateful. Thank you so much for having me. Everyone else, have an awesome rest of your day. And remember to stay on top of your artist business plan, get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. 
Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this and all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world. Yeah.